Hey you guys, welcome back to the Strong Her Way to Eat, Move, and Live. This show is all about empowering women to make an impact. Today's episode is a special episode as I got to do a live coaching session with a client. This is my way of taking you behind the scenes so that you get firsthand experience of what it would be like to work with me one-on-one or in a group setting, but also to really help you get some practical strategies and tips that you can use, because let's face it, you do not face your problems alone. Chances are most other women out there that are working, that are busy building a business, trying to raise their family and really do it all well while making an impact, we all face the same kind of struggles and challenges. And sometimes it can be really discouraging and defeating to feel like we are fighting it on our own. So this is just my way of kind of helping you see that you, in fact, are not alone. So tune in, enjoy, and grab your notebook so that you can go ahead and take down some notes so that you can create that kind of change that you are wanting to create to be healthier, have more energy, be more vibrant so that you really can show up as the woman that you were created to be so that you can make the impact that only you were created to do. All right, you guys. So today we are going to be walking through just kind of a coaching session just to give you a little bit of a sneak peek, um, kind of pulling the curtain back a little bit. And today with me, I have a friend, a guest. Her name is Tiara. Hi. Hi, you guys. (laughs) Sarah. Um, and so we are just going to kind of walk through, I think she's kind of experiencing what a lot of us are, depending on when you are listening to this, we are still kind of in the smack dab uh, middle of COVID-19, 2020. I think it's going to be so funny in a few years or like 30 years, if we ever find these old podcast episodes where everybody's like right in the middle of lockdown. Um, so anyway, we just wanted to kind of chat a little bit. Uh, We'll work through some of her uh, goals, some of the things that she is wanting to work on. Um, And hopefully you guys will be able to walk away with some tips, some uh, hacks and strategies that you can start to implement yourself. So Tara, if you could just kind of briefly give me a little bit of background for you when it comes to like nutrition, fitness, um, body image, tell me about yourself in this area. Um, well, basically, I, my fitness, I need to get start developing a workout routine, um, not really working out like I should, um, trying to eliminate eating fast foods and cooking more healthier, nutritious meals at home, um, eliminate eating sweets, trying to find different ways to substitute for that sweet tooth craving that I have that can be very <laughs> overwhelming at times because I'll be like, I really want something sweet, but not knowing good well. All sweets are not good for you. So dealing with that, um, I am currently probably like at 149 pounds. I want to at least get down to at least between 135, 140, because um, I do want to be healthier. Um, I seem to... Um, have issues with some women have like feeling like they have like a t- tummy and I don't want a tummy no more <laughs> so I want to go back to being flat or as flat as possible and still remain healthy okay and so tell me a little bit about some of the things that you have tried before in the past so it sounds like maybe you used to be like one size or one shape or one weight. And then what has kind of happened to lead to where you are right now? Um, basically what kind of happened is that basically I have, I became less active. 
um, to where, you know, um, I was being very, very active, whether it was just like walking, you know, exercising or having a job that really allows me to be on my feet a lot, going back and forth. Um, so where now I'm kind of like stationary um, at a desk all the time or I'm in the house. So um, I think that's kind of where the extra additional weight come came on. And then me really not paying attention to my intake and not noticing what um, I'm eating. And um, started cooking less and eating out more instead of cooking more so I can eat out less. So that kind of like flipped. <laughs> so doing our best to stimulate the local economy. <laughs> right. So um, I'm basically trying to get to the point where I get back in the habit of cooking. Um, and then um, I think, you know, it can help eliminate me eating a lot of processed food because I went to when I was active, I wasn't eating a lot of processed food. I was cooking a lot at home. Um, I was eating a lot of green and leafy vegetables. Um, where, so now I'm gradually trying to get back to that point um, to do so. Okay, great. So it sounds like you have um, a decent basis, at least, of experience around activity and cooking and uh, you know, preparing some different meals that are going to kind of support your goals, which is great because I think that it can be really overwhelming when we feel like, oh my gosh, like I know I need to do A, B, and C, but I have no idea how to get started or where to start. So that's great that you kind of already have a foundation. Um, so my goal for us today is to really walk, have you walk away with two to three strategies or two to three things that you could start to implement as soon as we hop off. You know, I want to make sure that you have uh, a little bit of a plan going forward that we can really kind of get you starting to implement um, some more activity, cooking at home, um, making some more mindful choices around foods, uh, and then maybe even kind of coming up with some hacks that you can use around habits and things like that. And uh, before we actually hopped on and started recording, you had also mentioned just how not having a routine has really kind of jacked with you. And so I really think that that would even be like a good place to start um, is kind of nailing down a little bit more of a routine for you. Does that sound good? It is. Okay. So walk me through briefly what a typical day looks like for you right now. Um, basically a typical day looks like of course, being home, <laughs> but I get up probably around eight or nine, um, eight or nine in the morning, you know, you know, go start my day, get on the computer, um, do work on the computer because I work from home for my business. And then I might take a break around 12, one o'clock to do lunch and then I'm back on the computer again. So pretty much stationary. Um, like I said, not really um, I try to get up every now and again when my watch tells me, you know, I'm sitting, down, <laughs> I'm sitting down being still just to like stretch or whatever, go to the bathroom. But that's pretty much all the activity that I've been really getting in the house. Okay. And what time do you wrap up your workday typically? Um, really whenever I feel like I feel like there's a stopping point <laughs> but that's not good because I feel like I do need to set myself a bedtime at least so I can get up earlier because I want to get back up around like six seven o'clock in the morning instead of eight or nine and not be sluggish um so I know last night I think I went to bed at like midnight 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think definitely, I mean, you already kind of identified that just not having that hard stopping point. Mm-hmm. As entrepreneurs, we <laughs> know how easy it is to just kind of keep going. Like, oh, I'm just going to mm-hmm. kind of get one more thing done, one more thing done. Mm-hmm. So I think for you, really the first thing to do, which of course, knowing and understanding that this is going to be something temporary because once things start to open up again and life kind of changes, we're all going to have to do a little bit of reevaluation of our schedules and, you know, okay, how are we going to really, you know, make this work again? But for now, while we're all at home, I think for you, the first thing to consider implementing would be a hard stop time for work. Mm -hmm. And then I think the second thing to do would be to kind of decide when you are wanting to go to bed and then, you know, then you can start to kind of work on creating a bedtime routine to really get you primed and ready for sleep at that time. Okay. Because we're kind of taking that goal of getting up at six or seven in the morning. Like I think so many people, they just set that goal. They're like, okay, I want to get up at 5 a.m., but they don't really consider what happens the 12 hours before then. And so (laughs) they end up staying up, you know, until 10 or 11 or whatever, watching TV or, you know, doing whatever, which is fine. But I think with you kind of keeping in mind that goal of being up at six or seven, let's backwards plan. So let's have a a solid stop time for work. Mm -hmm. Let's kind of set up a time that we would, our ideal time that we'd like to aim to be in bed. And then you can start to kind of brainstorm like, okay, when you have the best night's sleep, what are the kinds of things that you typically are doing for yourself before bedtime, you know, to really kind of prime you to get a great night's sleep? Is that reading? Is it journaling? Is it, you know, watching a show? I know for some people, the blue light that bugs them, that kind of keeps them up for other people, it's relaxing and it kind of helps their brain sort of shut down Mm -hmm. So start to kind of think of, okay when I have my best night's sleep and I wake up feeling rested, what are the kinds of things that I typically do for myself so that you can kind of start to draft up your ideal bedtime routine. Okay. And then you can practice, I think, really going to sleep around that time, you know, give yourself some time like over a week or whatever to really find yourself in that routine and that rhythm. And then see if you can kind of start to notice what time your body is waking up naturally. Okay. Um, and so then, you know, I think that's like a great place to start is, so let's look at that stop time, the bedtime routine, and then setting up an actual bedtime for yourself that you want to be aiming for. And then once you feel like you're getting to sleep around that time consistently, you can set your alarm or you can use like the bedtime feature on, um, your phone or something like that. And it's just, it's kind of a nice way to wake up rather than that glaring alarm. It seems like it just quietly gets a little bit louder. Mm -hmm. And then the next step for you would be to kind of think through what would your ideal morning routine look like? Okay. So walk me through that a little bit. If you could, if you were up at six or seven and you didn't have to be to work until like nine, what would that, what would you spend that two to three hours doing? I would definitely spend that first probably like 30 minutes exercising, um, working out, trying to wake my body up. Um, And then, um, you know, after that, you know, eating breakfast and preparing myself to start the day by nine. Okay. So what would it take to kind of get you into that place? 
Well, definitely going to bed early, <laughs> earlier. <laughs> so I'm definitely need to really do need to start like a bedtime routine. Um, trying to be in a bed at a decent time um, to where I feel well, well rested. I do notice with me though, like if I'm in the bed by like 10, 1030 and actually sleep, I tend to get up more easier in the mornings um, with no problems. But if it's after that, yeah, I'll be, I be hitting the snooze button. <laughs> so it's um, better for me. I mean, I think that's what's going to really be help me to get to my ideal mornings. Okay. And so it sounds like maybe for you, at least playing around with setting that bedtime for 1030 at the latest. Yes. Okay. So I think if you can really identify or kind of pin down that time frame, then that's a lot easier than being like, I just want to go to bed earlier, right? Because that could be like 11.45 and technically that's still earlier than 12, but you know that that's not optimal for you just based on your past experience. So I would definitely encourage you to really kind of pinpoint that bedtime that you want to be aiming for. And then you can kind of back yourself up. In fact, that's something that we've done with our kids, not so much now, but when the time would change, you know, mm-hmm. we, instead of like immediately jumping to that hour difference, it was like 15 minute increments. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe kind of playing around with that for yourself as well. Okay. And you mentioned um, having a streaming service that you can watch exercise videos or do those at home, which is great to have on hand for right now. But also, I mean, that could be a tool that you utilize down the road. So I, yeah, let's, let's work on the bedtime routine. And then I think the next step would be kind of looking at implementing that bit of your morning routine that you just identified, getting up, moving your body for the first 30 minutes of the day, either having a healthy breakfast already prepared that you can just kind of, you know, if it's oatmeal or something, you can reheat it. If it's, you know, whatever else, either just having something easy to prepare or that's already prepared is going to be a great way for you to kind of start the day. Um, One of the other things you had mentioned when I was looking through your answers is that you wanted to, so I think that that kind of tackles that better eating habits and that workout routine. I think oftentimes we think we have to change everything, Uh but really it's like, okay, let's just start small. Let's start with the thing that feels the easiest, kind of that lowest hanging fruit. And then we can sort of, you know, build on to there. And then the the other thing that you had mentioned was selecting healthier choices to help you eliminate um, eating sweets. So Uh can you give me a little bit of insight? When do you notice the most that you are kind of gravitating towards sweet treats? Um, definitely. I think it's like a, a, a comfort food. Cause if I feel like I'm very, I'm more stressed out, I tend to crave sweets more. Um, um, so I really just kind of think it's a comfort food. Um, and then especially like if, you know, been in the house all day, might start being a little bit depressing. So you'd be like, Oh, get started craving some sweets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so definitely, um, really just trying to, um, I really want to get back into the habit of substituting, you know, sweets with my favorite fruits that I like, maybe to help with those cravings. Mm-hmm. And and you hit on a pretty key aspect of it. You notice that it's like a habit. So when you're feeling stressed or when you're feeling depressed or overwhelmed or anything else, you notice that you've kind of created that habit for yourself to like, Oh, I know that this tastes good. It kind of hits that, 
right spot in my brain makes me feel a little bit less anxious or stressed out. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you even recognize that is a huge step because that gives you definite advantage to be able to kind of hack that habit then. So you know the cue or that trigger is kind of that stress or that depressed or what, you know, whatever that negative icky feeling is. Mm -hmm. So the only part really that you have to work on changing is the routine part of it. So it's that gravitating towards sweets. So can you think of a couple of things that might be as satisfying or kind of give you that same release as a sweet treat? Um, like I said, I think it like probably um, my, like I do love yogurt. So probably yogurt, um, Greek, I like Greek yogurt. So probably eating yogurt when I, you know, that's the substitute during that time. Um, my favorite fruits, I love strawberries, I love peaches, um, nectarines, stuff like that. So grapes, try to try try to keep those on hand. So when I do have a craving and not buy sweets, not have sweets in the house, period. <laughs> so I won't get tempted. Um I won't get tempted. I mean, and I do buy like fiber bars and stuff like that that might have like a little sweetness taste to it or like Nutri-Grain bars, stuff that, that, that give you that sweet kick, but it's not necessarily as bad as eating full-blown cupcakes and cookies and stuff like that. So I have a quick question. When, and I'm not like total devil's advocate, but when, when you are substituting something else for the sweet, do you feel like that satisfies in the same way as like, if you were to really allow yourself to enjoy a piece of cake or a cupcake? Not necessarily all the time. <laughs> I sometimes I really just have to be like, you know, Tierra, this is not what you got in the house. So you're going to eat it. So he'll crave this craving. Um, drink some water. And like, sometimes I still be craving it. I really do. And, you know, and don't, don't let me go around somebody else and they have sweets and they offer it to me. It's like a, well, maybe that's a sound I'm in the heavy <laughs> type of thing. But I try not, um, I'm, I, it's, it's hard. It really is. Well, I bring that up because there's nothing wrong with us trying to substitute, you know, make those different swaps. But you identified, and this was kind of what I was, you know, like leading to, is that oftentimes we try to deter ourselves. You know, it's like, okay, let's say I'm really craving a piece of cake, like a, the best piece of cheesecake. Cause that's kind of my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, I just really want this. That sounds so good. Yada, yada, yada. But I, I'm like trying to substitute. So I end up eating all of these other things. And then either I still end up getting the, the cheesecake if it was something that I still really wanted, or I end up almost eating exactly the same amount of calories or fat or whatever trying to curb the craving rather than if I would have just had the cheesecake right. and really allowed myself to enjoy it. I think that's kind of the, the part that most of us, when we're trying to satisfy these cravings because we're feeling stressed or we're feeling anxious or we're feeling whatever, mm -hmm. we eat it as fast as we can and we don't even really allow ourselves to enjoy it. And then we just kind of keep going because we're like, okay, well, that felt good. Or maybe we have that thought of like, well, crap, I already blew it. So I might as well just kind of keep eating and I might as well just kind of keep doing the thing. Mm -hmm. So you could definitely try the substituting. Mm -hmm. 
But if you're up for a little bit of an extra challenge, if you get the craving and you notice that it's, let me back up a little bit because I think there's two different things that are happening here. I think sometimes we crave something because genuinely it sounds good. And it's like, oh my gosh, that really sounds like a yummy treat. But Mm -hmm. then the other thing, which this might be a little bit more of where you're operating from, we crave these things because we want to feel better because Mm -hmm. we're feeling stressed or we're feeling upset or something like that. So then we gravitate towards these things. And I think that when we do gravitate towards those foods from that place of just trying to feel better, then it is really hard for us to slow down and to be mindful and to be present with that food experience and really enjoy it. So if you're up for an experiment, I would love to have you kind of play around with both and see what you notice. Either try substituting for the thing that you're actually craving and then just notice what happens or allow yourself to have the thing that you're craving but make sure that you're eating it slowly, you're eating it mindfully, and you're not eating it from that place of stress. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just see what happens. See what you notice with both. Because at the end of the day, it really is just all one big experiment, you know, to see like, okay, well, you know, how did that, how did that make me feel mentally, emotionally, and physically? And just kind of playing around. Because at the end of the day, I want you to feel empowered around food I think sometimes when we try to just like avoid it by like, oh, I'm just not going to have it in the house. Well, the next time that you are around it or the next time you do allow yourself to have it, we typically go way over with it because like, oh, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to eat this again. Yeah. Overindulge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which kind of leads to that, you know, like, oh crap, I did it again. Okay. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to. And then we do it again. Whereas if we can really just get comfortable with being around the food and not have it have that kind of emotional power over us, mm-hmm. then I think that's really when we actually are in control. Cause it's like, you know, Oh, I can have a bag of chips in the house now open. Mm-hmm. And I actually forget that they're there. Whereas before I would open the bag and I would sit there and I would just like eat as many as I could. Cause I'm like, this is the only time I'm going to eat them. And then they're going to be gone for, you know, however long. So If you're up for the experiment, I would really, I think you're going to learn a lot about yourself Mm -hmm. and you'll kind of put yourself um, at a, at a bigger advantage in the long run. Okay. Okay. So just to kind of recap, I think probably for you, which of the things that we sort of touched on today, the bedtime routine, the morning routine, or, or the sweets and treats, which one seems kind of like that lowest hanging fruit for you? The lowest hanging one, the sweets. <laughs> play around with that to experiment with that a little bit. Yeah, the sweets, cause I I feel like you know it's this it's this I don't you know how you just especially when you get something that you really ain't had in a long time. It's you feel like you're in heaven, on earth. So I think it's gonna be the sweets for me, but I'm gonna try to play around with it. I think it's like you said, um, it all basically um is about self control and being mindful um you know eating slowly letting your mind process while you're eating um too is another thing that i need to work on and one of the things that you might find helpful too is to have because some it's not always easy to have that mental excuse me that mental um trigger right of like 
when we get into the habit, it's kind of like we just go on autopilot. So we just go to the fridge, we get the thing, we eat it, and we're just kind of move through. We don't even have that experience. So sometimes it can be helpful to have kind of that physical trigger where maybe you put something up in your, if you have like a snack cupboard or on your fridge or something that's like, you know, um, be mindful or like whatever word or phrase that you would need that just kind of gets you to be like, oh yeah, let me just stop and pause. Kind of think about what am I after? What am I feeling right now? You know, am I stressed? Am I angry? Am I, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then what is it that maybe I actually am really after, you know, like maybe I need to just go take a bath or maybe I need to just go for a quick walk or, you know, maybe some meditation or, or whatever it is that works for you journaling. Mm-hmm. And then you can be like, and then after you do that thing to help kind of relieve the stress or that negative feeling, if you're still having the craving for that food, you're going to be in a lot better space to actually grab a little bit and then have an experience with it, to eat it slowly, to eat it mindfully, rather than just kind of operating on um, autopilot. So does that make sense? It is. Okay. Do you have any questions about anything we talked about? Um, No, you were very, very helpful and very, lay everything out really, really well to where I can get the ideal bedtime routine and ideal morning routine, so. And all of those things really will work together. I think it's just kind of playing around and figuring out, okay, what's, you know, what's maybe the first change that I can make for myself? Um, you know, and and one that seems might, that might be kind of an easy one too, is to just set a bedtime routine and then work this next week to kind of get yourself, um, to bed on time, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of tackle that morning routine as you feel like you're in a better nighttime routine, you're getting enough sleep, um, you're able to wake up a little bit earlier and then start to implement, okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to exercise in the morning. But -hmm. until then, it's just looking for those little pockets of like, you know, when could I do maybe a 10 minute workout or a five, you know, do that a couple times a day and you're still at that 30 minute mark. It just doesn't feel as heavy you know, so to speak, is like, oh, I just don't feel like working out right now. <laughs> um, I really, I, I did tell myself whenever I do start my workout routine, I wasn't going to try to do like a whole 30 minutes because I didn't want to overwhelm myself. Like I was going to try to find little small workouts to do maybe once or twice a day just to get my body in the habit of working out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you can create a space or some, you know, create like a, a space about it too, you know, like having Um, a nice water bottle or having like a nice workout outfit that you feel really good in or just something like that too, that kind of primes your mind to get you in the mood to exercise. (laughs) You know what? I thought that was kind of, I thought about that. I thought about like doing like the water bottles that encourage you to drink. I was like, you know what this, but that might be kind of silly, but I did thought that maybe that will help encourage me. But at the same time, I thought it was kind of silly. But now that you said it, I don't think it's, I don't feel like it's silly anymore. No, I, and that was your, kind of your inner wisdom, your intuition speaking up and being like, hey, this might actually be something that really triggers you to like mm-hmm. make a move on this and to create this action. Um, the other thing too, that could be helpful. I don't know if you're like a visual person, but having like a positive quote or an inspiring quote 
um, that kind of triggers you or reminds you of like, oh yeah, I need to go move my body. I want to move my body because it makes me feel strong. It makes me feel healthy. It gives me energy to be able to, you know, show up and run my business better. Um, those kinds of things. So again, it's just kind of you playing around with what works for you and ultimately what's going to kind of encourage you and inspire you to take that action. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that we've made some tremendous progress and I'm excited to check in with you and see how you are doing. I know you're going to have somebody. I'm excited to be able to report back and say, hey, yeah, I'm on my little routine now. I feel so much better and I lost some weight or shrinking <laughs> pounds or healthier, <laughs> eating, eating in more, not out and out less. Yep. I'm excited. Yeah, it's all kind of starts up in the brain and, you know, just thinking about, okay, how do I want to feel? Like, how do you perceive that you're going to feel, you know, when you lose the weight or if you lose the weight and how can you start to cultivate some of those feelings about yourself now? Mm -hmm. you know, there's no reason for you to have to wait to feel that way about yourself until you reach the goal, but it's starting to generate those emotions and those feelings now. And that's actually going to be the thing that really inspires you and motivates you to keep going. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this session. It was very, very helpful and exciting. Thank you so much, Tiara, for your time. And I cannot wait to catch up with you and see how you are doing. I can't wait either. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. We walked through a short little routine that Tierra can implement immediately. We came up with a nice little plan clearly outlined and she has got some clear action items that she can take. What she realized is that in order to get up early and really get that workout in first thing, kind of starting her day off on a way that she knows would ultimately empower her, give her the energy that she needs to get through the day, it actually starts the night before. So she decided to tackle her nightly routine, getting herself to bed, at a consistent time a little bit earlier so that she can get the rest that she needs to get up the next morning, get that 30 minute workout done, make herself a breakfast that feels good in her body, gives her the energy that she needs and will ultimately power her through that work day. She's also identified some different strategies that she can use to help curb those um, sweet tooth cravings or you know just really that mindless eating around the sweets and treats so that she can ultimately enjoy the treats, enjoy the sweet foods, in a way that feels good, in a way that honors her, blesses her, and allows her to reach her goals, as well as enjoy those foods that she likes so much. So I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope that this inspires you to take some action for yourself, maybe give your own routine a little bit of an audit. And if you are at all wondering how it is that you could work for, with me, I want you to check out aliciacarlson.com. You can also fill out an application if you know that you want to raise your hand, you are ready to get this thing started. Um, I will leave a link in the show notes to an application that you can fill out. If you want more information about me, what I do, some other ways that we could work together, head on over to aliciacarlson.com. Can't wait to hear how this episode inspired you. So please do leave a review, click subscribe and share with all of your girlfriends that need this kind of work as well. Thanks again for hanging out and I'll talk to you again next time.